Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 11, Feet of Clay Part 2 and Joker's Favor with Kevin Lynch. Hi friends, it's, uh, we're back and uh, Flonk is here and Flonk has a working microphone and computer which uh, for those of you joining us for this show for the very first time might be surprised by that. But, uh, it's a big deal. Let's yes. not uh, count our, our hens before they've chickened or anything yet. <laughs> we still we just an have hour to finish fill. the record. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very well. Also, I forgot to make us clap to sync up the recording at the beginning, so this is going to be fun for later me. Thanks, thanks now me, you jerk. <laughs> ah, so, uh, let's just jump right in, um, because I know you're all dying to know what happened after the uh, shocking uh, cliffhanger last time. Previously on Batman. Yeah, because uh, Batman's in jail, right? So that means mm-hmm. the show's over, basically. He's like, a real jailbird. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a great idea for a comic in about ten years. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to do that Daredevil thing where he's like still somehow fighting crime, but in jail. I got to fight the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Does he fight the Punisher? I thought the Punisher was a good guy. Mm, he's a good guy nobody likes. Did he? No, he fought Captain America, right? In that uh, in that crossover comic? Yeah, he did that too. Okay. For a while Batman there, Batman fought a lot of uh, Marvel guys. Ah. Spider-Man then... wasn't very good. No, well, it was the clone, so. Ugh. No, it was, um, it was... It was regular Peter, but he it was Joker and Carnage were the two villains, so it was just oh, interesting team-up. Well, one of those is good. I just realized, like, I just put together, I don't know if this was intentional, but Terry McGinnis was basically Peter Parker. Like, we all mm-hmm. we all agree on that, and uh, right. what, what we find out about him at the end of Justice League is the, effectively the Clone Saga, now that I think of it, so. Oh, yeah. That's fun. I don't know if that in was retrospect, when they included the hoodie in the bat suit, we really should have figured that out. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that one's on us. <laughs> yep. All right. So why why don't you tell us, Flunk, what happens in Feet of Clay? And that's, again, Feet, F-E-A-T, in case you missed the pun the first time. Feet of Clay Part 2. Ah, Gotham City. A police force so corrupt that citizens need to take the law into their own hands. What a crazy comic book premise. <laughs> Next thing you're going to tell me, they elected a racist billionaire real estate guy president. Previously on Batman, Martha Wayne bought some lovely pearls and nothing ever happened to them. 30 years later, her son Bruce was arrested for trying to kill Lucius Fox. But he got out on bail and fucked off the Caribbean or wherever. Fucking billionaires. Meanwhile, Batman is out here doing the real work. Uh, Hagen has been reading the news and realized that face-themed villains seeking revenge are all the rage these days and will now answer only to Clayface. Daggett's henchman Germs is sent to the hospital to finish off Lucius, but Batman stops him by threatening with a horrible, incurable disease. Man, what a fun children's show to distract myself with. (laughs) Then Clayface shows up and does a bunch of Clayface shit. It's pretty rad. Uh, Batman barely manages to defeat him, and Clayface escapes to Clay another face. Specifically, the face of a woman who yells at Daggett while filming a makeup infomercial. The horrible secret of Daggett's face cream exposed, Clayface decides the only thing left to do is smash Daggett with a giant hammer made out of his own gross hands. (laughs) Luckily, Scruffy the Janitor is here to save the day. Wait, that's no mop bucket. It's Batman. There's another awesome fight, and Batman defeats Clayface by destroying his self-esteem. Clayface, ever the actor, fakes his own death and escapes into the night, where he'll be no riddle at all. <laughs> uh, I have to take issue with your use of the the phrase mop bucket. It's wash bucket, please. Right. <laughs> I can remember. Damn it. I love, I love you, wash bucket. Love you, wash bucket. Who are you? <laughs> uh so Not yeah, Batman, one, the janitor. <laughs> this one was was fantastic. Oh yes, my god! Like it was so, almost entirely action from start to finish, and sometimes that bores me. But not here. It was yeah, gorgeous yeah, I, too. I finished my summary. It was a little short. I'm like, yeah, that's just because there was two like really kick ass fight scenes in it. Yeah, yeah. Like all the time that Batman spent torturing a dude last week, they make up for this week by having awesome fight scenes. Yeah, I mean, there's still some more torture. Sure. Which oh, sure is, is. That's that's my bad thing. Is uh, he's still a bit out of character here with his torturing? It, like he threatens germs with germs, as as Flong pointed out. Not, mm-hmm. not cool. Uh, he kind of makes a show of wanting to help Clayface. Like he gives him that uh, Harvey, I want to help you moment, but he also doesn't seem that concerned when he's 
pretty sure he electrocuted himself to death. Mm. Huh. Well, yeah. that's a damn shame. I mean, I was going to help him, but, you know, now this frees up my weekends. Yeah, so I think just different writers have different takes. I mean, you know, we all know Batman has had mm-hmm. different attitudes toward his nemeses over the years. and Sure. Maybe that's this writer's take on Batman is he doesn't give a fuck. I don't know. I mean, that w- Marv Wolfman's a 70s writer, so that wouldn't surprise me too much. That's when Batman sort of went back to the like gritty street. Well, level thing. one yeah. of the, one of the times. Yeah, yeah. one gives it to gives the credit to Frank Miller, but it, it started in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was a correction from the sixty six version, I would imagine. Yeah, they went hard yeah. for a while there. Yeah, but yeah, and, Danny O'Neill started in what seventy early seventies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I I know there were a bunch of guys like uh, Neil Adams was involved with that stuff too, right? Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've read some of that stuff. It's pretty good. It's, that's not really mm-hmm. my jam. Just like when Spider-Man fights the mob. Just eh, I'm here for supervillains. That's yeah, fine, I guess. Which At is... least if he's fighting the mob, can he oh, fight no. the kingpin, the supervillain of mobs? Meh. He's made out of clay, not jam. <laughs> jam face. <laughs> but uh, but this is a this is a full-on supervillain, which is your good thing, Flonk. Uh, yes, this is one of the few times so far that Batman has fought someone with actual superpowers. It um, really drives home the fact that, that Batman is just a guy. Joker and Two-Face are threatening, but they're just guys with guns. Clayface has super strength, the sludge body, and his fists are knives and bricks. That's not the kind of problem you can, a well-paced batarang can solve. His fists are knives and bricks. That's such an elegant summary of how Clayface works. Not really sure how to deal with these knives and bricks. <laughs> hammer i think so okay so far we had man bat and mm-hmm. uh, mr freeze just might Man-Bat. count yeah uh, mr freeze has tech so maybe that's a that's a yes or no i don't know maybe but well might... yeah you take the gun away from him and that's mm-hmm. it yeah that's true. he's probably pretty easy to beat up yeah, he, yeah. except for his suit which gives him super strength mm-hmm. but then he's just a, a scientist who can't breathe normal air <laughs> that's uh <laughs> Yeah, all you gotta do is smash his helmet and problem solved. Yep. Oh, yep. and he's done that. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're right. And boy, do they take advantage of it. They don't like they don't yes. shy away from this premise at all, which is it's which is so kind of your good thing, right, Matt? I love Clayface. Mm-hmm. Everything about him is delightful. He has a awesome monster design. Like I've seen classic Clayface. He kind of sucks. This guy <laughs> rules. Mm-hmm. Um, the transformation animation on him is amazing like they do these great close-ups of like his arms turning into weird shit and like they'll do a thing where like it'll like strip back and they'll be like the weird metal claws underneath or lobster hands <laughs> the lobster hands was a weird choice i i liked it and it, it made the fight interesting but mm-hmm. where the fuck did that come from <laughs> well i tried smashing you numerous times and then i tried metal claws yeah the, the I, claws coming out of his hands is so cool it's yep. awesome no and he's some... just Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, but he's just gonna... so much fun to watch. Like he, he is, and there's some body horror stuff in there, particularly. Oh yeah, early on trying to figure out how it works, and he's not not happy about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like a really cool, cartoony looking monster, also, which I think helps. Yeah, yeah. but not cartoony, silly, cartoony like sort of like yeah, full cartoony on like there's no like you. I mean, obviously, you in the '90s, you could have a live-action Joker, but there's there's no way they could have done like no. this back then. I'm no, not they even sure just, they could do it now. They were just getting into the morphing thing, like they they did T2, but those those scenes lasted mm-hmm. five seconds in that movie. Like that guy, yeah. would shapeshift, and immediately they'd cut to something else because that shit was expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, make everyone react to it, and then we can put uh, what's his face from X Files back in. From X Files, yeah. You know, from X Files. Everybody yep. knows him from the yeah. back ass of X Files. Not, not when they put him on X Files. Everyone's like, "Oh, right, the T two guy." Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it goes both ways. Oh, okay. That's a two way street, Al. Fuck, I I can't argue with that because it's so mind bogglingly bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's fantastic seeing. There's a there's a great. There's a lot of sort of unnecessary flourishes. Like, you don't have to do it. It's just cool. Like, it's not mm-hmm. necessary for the story. Like, when Batman shows up on the rooftop and Clayface is startled to see him and very briefly his head sort of becomes Batman head-shaped. He doesn't yep. take his he doesn't take his full form. He just like, oh, Batman? Yeah, he has a big clay bat face. Yeah. And I then like, he turns this is also the himself. closest 
This is also the closest Batman's ever gotten to saying what the fuck in an animated show, too. Yeah, I, you, it's definitely on his face. He's like, uh. Okay. Uh, this uh, is so new. This is what I'm doing now. All right. Yeah. Like like we said, he's handle, he can handle a freeze ray and mm -hmm. a, a guy who briefly turned into a bat guy, but this is this is some next level shit here. Mm-hmm. And it's great. There's they really got the the you know, we talk about the the different animation teams. This is the good one for sure. Yeah. There's some Just stuff everything that, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, the last episode was a little rough. This one is uh top notch. It is yeah. so good. There's this one seat where like Batman does like a little like flip to to stand up and like it's just this, it's off model, but in in a good way of just like this like weird hero shot that you never really see of him. Yeah, and he's in a, so good. He's in an empty room, like he's showing off for no one. He's there. The, the animators. Are he's saying, showing off for us. Yeah, yeah. The animators are saying, "Look what we can do." Yeah, and I'm glad Batman's no, when, not just gonna sit up. He yeah. trained for years to sit up like an awesome guy. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't want to dishonor my dojo by just standing. <laughs> No, um, there's the bit where uh, Clayface is going through his fake death throes near the end, where he's yeah. changing shapes into all kinds of ridiculous things, and like mm -hmm. tentacles are coming out of places, and it's it's like that's extra cool. It reminded me a bit of like uh, Akira, like oh yeah, that definitely blobby, weird, bizarre, fucking mess. And it's cool too because like he lost control like during the fight scenes like he's he's trying to be intimidating like he's growing claws out of his hands and stuff yeah. and then in this in at the end he's just like splatting into different things because yep. like he's <laughs> yeah it's awesome and and there's a very good explanation offered for this like sometimes we don't really get the rules of of what someone's powers are but he's like he compares it to flexing a muscle like I can mm -hmm. do it or tensing a muscle rather I can do it but I have to keep doing it or I fall apart and like yeah. So you realize how hard it is for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he can't just go back and and be an actor because he's there's no way he's gonna be able to maintain it. No, he's well, gonna I concentrate mean, on being the thing he is. Well, I mean, if he would go off and practice for a while, he might be able to swing it. But he's much more interested in killing. No, he practiced the lobster claw thing for like twenty minutes. That's about as as much as he's gonna <laughs> invest right now. Look, I did it, Teddy. I made lobster claws. That's great, Matt. You finally did it. Now you can go back. Oh, they're gone. My lobster claws. <laughs> My beautiful claws. Oh, very I'll good. never be normal again. I'll never be a normal lobster again. It's a weird dream to have, but I support But I've you. had it for years. You know that about me. Oh, I support you, Matt. It's strange, but but I you help. do what you gotta. Yeah. No, and and we all noticed um, the rules of of this particular shape shifting guy are different than other. Like typically what they turn into is part of their body and if mm. something detaches it has to come back but he can just break pieces off like he he breaks off a piece of his face and throws it at a guy to like muzzle him and that was so creepy yeah and uh, later on he does a bunch of stuff like that where he like mm. turns part of himself into like restraints and then just like the rest of him just sort of oozes away and it's oh it's mm -hmm. pretty good and that's uh, that's that, how the the trick at the end works because he basically makes like a shell of his body, so everyone thinks they oh here's his body he's dead and mm -hmm. yep that's one dead clay face empty clay face skin yeah it's just like a it's a cicada shell but for clay face mm -hmm. he just oozed out of his own flesh it's fine and not gross at all no <laughs> kids love Batman uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, I mentioned a few times uh, how this show used to give my brother nightmares, and uh, after this one, I can see why. Yeah. No, there's, there's, the, there's the shot of him things. when he jumps off the building and just splats into the into the pavement below, and then slides away into the into the sewers is so upsetting. They, yeah, Batman like stares at like, oh my god, he like he, he exploded. And then, like, Clayface, like, looks up at him and just keeps on looking at him while he slides into the sewer. Yep. It's giving him the, like, the shit eyes as he slides away. Fuck you, Batman. Look what I can do. I don't have a neck. I can watch you and get away at the same time. <laughs> I like... He's right. He doesn't have a neck. I like that they got away with him. Like, uh, the scene, as you described, Blanc, he jumps off the thing. We cut to Batman's reaction of horror, and we hear the splat, and... Mm -hmm. For a split second, like, we know it's Clayface and he's fine, but for a split second, especially for a kid, that plays like someone jumped off the roof and splatted to their death. And, yep, you know, it's gone in three seconds, but it's still like, wow. They really Jesus. Did that, huh? yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. 
there's also talk of straight up murder. Like usually they say, like I will take care Des- of that guy. I'll destroy him. It yeah. was a was a popular one in the nineties. Yeah, but like um, uh, germs because Matt Hagen's out of the picture has to be the hitman now. Mm-hmm. And and Daggett's like, yeah, I, I want you to kill someone. Oh, boss, I don't like killing guys. Like, they're, they're just talking about murder on this kid's show. Too bad. Like, not even in code, just saying murder. You'll do as I say, for I am Ed Begley Jr. No, no, Ed Begley no, Jr. because germs. I am Ed Begley Jr. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Ed Asner, come on. That's right. Get my Ed's fixed up. Yep. Well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Ed confusion makes sense. There's too many Eds on this show. Hmm. I think there's about the right number of Eds. <laughs> Too uh, many Eds. <laughs> uh, what do you got for a bad thing, Flunk? Um, all right, so this was true last week, and it's still true this week. Uh, why was this two parts? Mm-hmm. Even, like, the directors knew it. Like, there's a lot of, like, these long takes and slow conversations that are weirdly paced just because mm. the episode didn't have 20 minutes of content. What it really felt like to me was that this the show's runtime is like twenty two minutes, and they had a thirty minute episode. I'm just yep. like, yeah. Well, see what I, I guess think, it's a two parter then. What I think is, yeah, we can we can stretch the torture scene out last week for, uh, yeah. for ten minutes, and then this week uh, we'll just have this conversation go on slightly too long. Mm-hmm. I think they like. I could be wrong. This is my guess. They storyboarded this Playface stuff. They said, "Oh, this is gonna look cool. Let's make this longer." Oh, this is the yeah. entire episode now. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just make the rest of it part one, and we can make part two almost all fight scenes. Because mm-hmm. that that at least like this one was better than the first one because of that. Because mm-hmm. it was padded, but it was padded with really good action sequences. So well, and like we mentioned this last week, like the last episode is very. It, there's not a whole lot of Clayface in it, you know. Well, no, they did the same thing they did with Two Face, where you at the end. You spend yeah. You spend the first episode setting up who this guy is, so that when he becomes the, you know, that's better than getting one act of. of no, what I mean, like, there's a lot you know? of there's a lot of focus on the mob guys, you know, well, that's just true. like yeah. yeah. It's and sort I don't of my think point. I don't think we see Daggett again, which is, I guess I missed in the first part that he was trying to take over Wayne Tech. Oh yeah. Like. Uh, and, yeah, and, yeah. Lucius was trying. Was trying yeah. That to was the point Bruce of the Lucius with, um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. With with some kind of like information about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes sense now. I just, I guess, I missed that, but they made it way more clear in this part. It was like, oh, that's okay. I get it now. Uh, but Matt, your bad thing kind of ties into this being a two parter and and the way they structured it all too. Yeah, man. So Bruce Wayne's arrest at the end of the last episode is a really great cliffhanger, uh, yeah. and it goes nowhere. No, like, the first the episode... minute of this episode is him being released. Like, yeah, and nothing. then it's just like it's over. He gets put on, uh, gets yeah. off on bail instantly. Because it has he's... a really cool um, mugshot, and mm-hmm. then immediately he's out out, out on the street again. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, uh, by the way, this show is absolutely what made me think that you, when you got your mugshots taken, they did the back too. <laughs> did they do that in this? Yeah. Well, it's what? it's like they do the the front and the side and then the yeah. back, but the back is him getting put into a prison cell, like it's real artsy. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, huh. anyway, right. like you guys could get a really good episode out of like Bruce in jail or trying to bust out and still be Batman or whatever, but like they don't do anything with it, except I, I like... guess make Batman really angry. Yeah, I feel like they were trying to give him like personal stakes, but mm-hmm. none of that really went anywhere. Yeah, like there's too much else going on. We don't really have time for this. Yeah, I I do think uh, an episode of him being in jail would be interesting. I think it would be more interesting when we have some Bat Family for him to sort of like mm. to be out on the streets helping to free him or something. Like if there's Robin or Nightwing or Batgirl or somebody, then someone can help him. But now all he has is Alfred. Like uh, I don't know or how that's gonna his work. girlfriend that only one writer cares about breaks him out. Right. Sure. Who will be gone next week? Mm-hmm. Which okay, that uh, it took like three years, and then she ended up working for Checkmate. But <laughs> oh, this must be a comics thing. I can't remember. That's some any... deep fugitive cuts right there. <laughs> yep, I can't remember any girlfriends from the show that lasted more than one episode. I mean, what was that, that Vesper one, Fairchild? Uh no, that was. Um... But she was the one that got killed. Uh, Sasha Bordeaux. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
And she ended up being like the the white queen or something. Yep, yep. I don't know. Checkmate's weird. Yeah, it is. That's some uh, Greg Rucka shit. So my good thing, mm-hmm. this is dumb, but Matt took the good one because he got there first, <laughs> and that's the rules. Those have been the rules since the earliest days of us covering Star Trek. Um, it's still a very good thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Batman infiltrates the TV studio by dressing up as a janitor, and he does this by putting a janitor's hat over the bat cowl. That's his yep. disguise. Well, my ears are hidden. That's the important thing. Uh, that's what people notice. They don't really see me. They just see the ears. So. Hey, it's Batman, our favorite janitor. How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> yeah. My cape's not hid- hidden by my janitor's coat. Y'all, keep it, y'all keeping your noses clean? <laughs> janitor humor. He gets everything really clean because he's got really specific like disinfectants and stuff in the mm-hmm. in the uh, utility belt. Like, oh, a yep. wine. Someone spilled some red wine. I know what gets this out. I got this Psst. in the belt here. If I could only reach my bat wine. <laughs> yep. Cleaner. Uh, but yeah, it's it's because it, it's played as a as a dramatic reveal, and it's just so mm-hmm. stupid. I love yep. it. Stupid in a good. It's way. Real uh, Ben Grimm energy there. Oh yep. yeah. Yeah, you would. One of you had said Ninja Turtles. Also, that just like you're you're not disguising yourself. Come on, just stop. No one can see who I am because of this coat. Now, when I watched it the first time and I was taking notes, I thought he actually had a rubber mask on over the bat mask, and that's that would be the only thing better than that. Sure, but not this time. He has he has done that, but not this time. Uh, what else? Uh, I want to take a minute to talk about how awesome it is to see Clayface doing mundane things. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, there's a shot of him riding around in the back of his town car with uh, with his friend Teddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. where it just his looks, assistant. His yeah, assistant, exactly. Or uh, I think at one point they said stunt double, and Amanda yeah. said, "Well, that's clearly his boyfriend. He's so concerned mm-hmm. for him." I'm like, yeah. Probably. Oh, absolutely. But like. I, uh... Oh man, I could have made a Sensei joke, but I, I blanked on it. <laughs> Sensei's a good show, everyone should watch it. You have dishonored your dojo. <laughs> uh. No, but like, it just just him riding around in the back of this car looking like a giant pile of shit with eyes poking out of it. Yep. Or I posted this on Tumblr or on Twitter yesterday. Him chilling on his couch watching TV. Yep. Is some real dark side on your couch energy. <laughs> Is that a thing? Like I know. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I know in like ambush bug, it was a thing, but that was a joke. Did it no, that was referencing comics? all of the millions. Yeah, of it other... was a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, you, you would come home and Dark Side would just be chilling on your couch waiting for you. Oh, I thought it was a and... reference to just Dark Side being like the big dramatic, you know, cliffhanger. And I don't know. I'm at my house. Here he is. No, he's been he's been doing that since like like I think an old Kirby issue of New Gods where like. Mm. Uh, oh, Ryan comes back to his apartment and Darkseid's there just like, oh, you didn't think I knew where you were? Ah. Mm. And now he just does it. We are going to lose a good portion of listeners when we get to all of that fourth world stuff on, in Superman because I think it's all real stupid. I am so excited for that shit. Like, yeah, I know you are. Wh- last time I watched Superman, I wasn't into the Jack Kirby crap, and now I am. It feels I think like, like an... a lot of stuff in this uh, universe. It's stuff that I hate, but they do well, so I'll deal with it. I think that's the best possible version we can get. I will say that, and I still don't particularly care for it. It just mm. it, it feels like an eight year old came up with it. So he lives on a planet of fire, and his his he's from the dark side. His name is Dark Side. Yeah, and, and he lives on Apocalypse. And his right hand man is a granny. And oh my god, yeah, it's awesome. Go outside uh, at least and play. It's not Jack. the Eternals, so there's that. I don't know what that is, and I refuse to respond to it. <laughs> well, you're gonna find out this summer in theaters everywhere for some reason. No one's oh. going to theaters this summer. I mean, a lot of people are going to theaters okay. this summer. No one in this podcast is. I hope that is true. I hope. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let's see. I love that the mob is getting into the uh, uh, multi-level marketing schemes. Sure. Oh yeah, someone even great. says you you can't sell this in stores, so you're doing direct marketing. Like, do kids know what that is? Do I know what that is? <laughs> but I mean, it's such an obvious scam. I'm surprised that the real mob hasn't gotten into it. Mm-hmm. Does Daggett? I don't think Daggett ever shows up again, does he? I don't know, because we got a lot of like mob war stuff later, and we got like yeah. we definitely get more. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Rupert oh. Thorne. Yes, thank you. 
but uh, and and they do talk Is about Falcone ever in the show. Not this one. He wasn't. So. Uh, he didn't become a thing until like, like I don't even think last Long Halloween was out yet, and that was the first appearance of him. I thought he was another one of the seventy guys that um that they brought back. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I I know it's Thorne, and I think Thorne is like mob warring with some other major guy. But it'd be cool to bring all the mob guys together to do a mob war. I like that kind of crap. Or to do like a Five Families Godfather kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So they're all sitting around a table trying to pool their resources to stop Batman or something. <laughs> now, gentlemen, how do we kill Superman? Yes, exactly. Uh, wrong, wrong room, sir. You want yeah. uh, down the hall. Lex uh, Luthor's hosting a PowerPoint presentation. Yes, welcome. I'm Mr. L. Uh, 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 Falcon's from year one. That's where he started. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah, so he would have been around at this point. That yeah. Was 80s. Yeah. Okay, anything else? Uh, let's uh, see. Chandler no. Batman, <laughs> chilling on a couch. Yeah, I think that about uh, covers oh, everything. Oh, someone mentioned, uh, someone mentioned, and I, I uh, Daggett as the worst uh, representative of uh, of his company ever. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it, so Clayface briefly takes the form of this, like, tough old broad, <laughs> like, calling him out for his <laughs> bullshit. And he's just like, uh, uh, no, I don't like really one tough question and you fold like maybe mm -hmm. it wasn't even that tough, really. It was no. just like, like, all you got to do is say, no, our cream doesn't do that. Yeah. Buy it. There People will fall for that shit. They're dumb. There have been allegations of blank. No, there haven't done. Mm hmm. But no. And then have folds. your goons escort her out. And yeah, I'm solid. That shit works for our president literally every day. Well, that got real sad real quick. Uh-huh. Yep, sure did. Listen, it's 2020. I'm angry all the time now. Yeah, look, so uh, so say we all. Uh -huh. I said it before, but Lex Luthor being president is supposed to be stupid and ridiculous. No, Lex Luthor is an evil genius, though. That's the thing. Yeah, he would have been a great president. He would have been a better president. Once Superman was dead, everything would be fine. Also, And that happened because of a Batman comic, because he basically took over Gotham City after the earthquake. Mm -hmm. I see, your your point of reference is the comics, mine is the, the show. He, like, runs for president here for very different reasons. But, in any case, I think this is a good time to mention that, um, so, uh, my wife and I do a podcast where we cover uh, Terry Pratchett's Discworld books, and mm -hmm. there is a sub-series of those books about, basically about the cops, and every episode we do about that, we have to preface it with, this is a fantasy book where the cops are good. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I think that rule has to apply here as well. If we get too deep into looking at the GCPD the way we look at real-world cops, this mm -hmm. show's going to get real angry and real ugly real quick. So, yeah. I think we just need to say, do not approve of cops in the real world. In a cartoon, we're going to pretend they're the thing they're supposed to be. All cops are bastards except for Jim Gordon. Yes. I mean, yeah, look. Actually, in the in the next episode, they even say, like, you know, all, all the cops want to love you, Jim. They want to give you this big award. Like, not in Gotham, the cops hate Gordon. No. What are you talking about? I think this Gordon, like the older, like when he's got white hair, he's cleaned up some of the corruption. Like, young Gordon, they fucking hate it. But he's he's been successful for a while now. I always like the rule, and I'm not sure where this is from, where the precinct that Gordon specifically works at is extremely clean and filled with some of the best cops ever, and the rest of the precincts in Gotham fucking suck. Yeah, except he's the commissioner, I, so... I think he, that's from Hitman. He controls, like, the whole city, right? Mm. Isn't that what a commissioner is? Yeah, but you gotta work yeah. somewhere. Okay. Also, uh, in, in this universe, uh, all cops are Bullock, is what that stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Also accurate. Yes. And this has nothing to do with anything, but I enjoy that the Gotham City police uniforms are sweaters. Sure. <laughs> Gets cold out there. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, moving on to, another, like, we got two good ones in a row this week. Hell yeah. yes. Classic comedy episode. Matt, This is one of the us? best Joker episodes. Yeah, it really is. Uh, why don't you tell us about Joker's favor? So Charlie Collins is having a bad day. His boss turned him down for a promotion. His wife is making meatloaf for dinner. The penguins stole his parking space. And to top it all off, he just cut the Joker off in traffic. And if there's one thing the Joker is all about, it's safe driving. Don't you know you can to keep a full car length between yourself and the other driver, Chuck? And signal, for God's sakes, man! We're all just trying to get home safely to our loved ones. 
So Joker lets Charlie off with a warning, but he keeps his driver's license because someday, and that day may never come, you will owe me a favor. That day comes two years later when the Joker learns that Commissioner Gordon is to be honored by the Gotham Peregrinators Club because of his good works for, for peregrinators local and abroad. Yes, if there's one group of people that Jim Gordon looks out for, it's peregrinators. Anyway, Joker's pissed off. The peregrinators think Jim friggin' Gordon, of all people, should be honored. Jim Gordon? He couldn't peregrinate on the peregrinating his day of his life. Nobody peregrinates like the Joker peregrinates. So he has his secretary, character find of 1992, Harley Quinn, call up his old friend Charlie to come cash in that little favor he's owed. Weirdly enough, Charlie's moved to Springfield, Ohio, and changed his name, but that's not exactly a difficult problem for the Joker, the world's greatest detective to solve. Charlie returns to Gotham, and Joker tells him his job. Open the door for Harley. That's it? Why? Do you want to kill somebody? So Charlie's able to get away and use a giant bat kite, the most important tool in the Peregrinator's toolbook, to summon Batman for help. Unfortunately, he's not there in time for he's not there in time for Harley to wheel out the Joker's cake and then gas the place. Gas! Freezing everybody. And then he leaves with, and then he leaves a time bomb to blow everybody up, including Charlie. Betrayed by the Joker. Who could have seen this coming? Only a peregrinator, also known as Nature's Seer. Batman arrives, finds the bomb, and then uses it to blow up the Joker's car, which seems unusually petty. He then chases Joker through the Peregrinator's prize possession, the set from the Legend of the Hidden Temple. Joker gets away, but Charlie catches up to him in an alleyway and, driven to the end of his rope, beats the shit out of the Joker and threatens him with a bomb. Luckily, Batman arrives and Joker promises to leave Charlie's family alone, because it's not like the Joker lied to somebody literally ten seconds ago. Anyway, Batman takes the Joker back to Arkham, and Charlie returns to Ohio to open up a local Peregrinators Club branch after being starstruck by the wealth and privilege of Gotham's elite Peregrinators. Peregrinators! There are literally no better people on Earth! That was one of the best summaries you've <laughs> delivered uh, across our two shows in quite some time, Matt. Very good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Also, I think the most times I've heard that word in my entire yeah, life. I'm not going to attempt to say that word. No. <laughs> I, pra I practiced because I knew it would come up a lot. Also, I, I appreciate you. You are from Canada. I don't know if we pointed that out. We must have at some point. And it's got to come up at some point. And I mean, I don't know. At this point, we kind of assume everyone is just following us from our old show. But I mean, presumably, sure. Presumably there are people who are hearing us for the first time in this show. Hi, new people. I'm Canadian. Yes. And I appreciate your uh, dedication to spelling favor in the American fashion in your summary mm. here. You didn't have to do that. I just find the little red lines irritating. Ah, very well. Because, mm. you know, you, you still spell color and favor and uh, endeavor the show that we do. You, mm -hmm. you that one's you tough. Yeah. No, we had to make a joke in the show about that because I mm. found out that the space shuttle also spells it with a U. <laughs> Whoops. But yeah, no, I was uh, I was amused that you spelled it the American way. This was a great one. Yeah, it really was. It sure was. We've had we've had a few Joker episodes, and they they go from you know fine to pretty good. But this this is the Joker right here. This well, is yeah. This is this is my good thing. Yeah, he had a rough start in those first couple episodes. In fact, Flunk's the one who was watching just a little bit ahead of us, and he's like, "Guys, did I remember wrong? Does the Joker suck?" Yeah, the Christmas with the Joker is is really bad, and the uh -huh. other ones are yeah, fine. Like, I, I get, guess I get the choice to move your like a Joker episode to the top of the list. Like you mm -hmm. want to lead with your strongest guy, but pick like you got so many Joker episodes in the in the works. Why would you pick that one? Like, yeah. bury it in the middle somewhere. Don't don't lead off with that one. But here is, like, the, the sweet spot of all the things I like about this Joker. Like, he's definitely menacing. He's, like, I feel... Oh, yeah. Le oh, like, yeah. legitimate threat, both for Charlie and then later for the GCPD. He's completely unpredictable. He does that thing I love where he, like, he'll be happy and then he'll be angry and then he'll be mm -hmm. sort of wistful and then he'll be happy again. Like, he just... His mood swings are yeah. You so... can, you can't keep up with him. No, and it seems like such an obvious thing to say. Oh yeah, the Joker's unpredictable. He has mood swings, but it's all in the performance, and it's so good. Mm -hmm. And I love him fixating on dumb, petty, like completely inconsequential bullshit. This is his whole life. Yeah. Keeping tabs on this guy. He's got a file of probably a dozen or more Charlies that he's just like mm -hmm. watching just to oh, fuck for with. Sure. When yeah. the perfect, like the perfect comedy timing moment comes, I'm gonna fuck with this guy. 
You know, maybe this is where he gets his henchmen from. That could be. I yeah, think maybe. about that sometimes because it's like, who would work for him? He kills everybody. Yeah, we all know, like, okay, this this villain probably takes care of his guys. This villain probably doesn't care. But Scarecrow yeah, is best friends with his goons. Well, like, Mr. Freeze will leave you to mm-hmm. die. Otherwise, he'll take pretty good care of you. You get to take the jewels or whatever. But like, Yeah, he doesn't care about that. No, but if you get... Yeah, like friendly fire from the freeze gun too bad you're done yeah but yeah joker will probably murder you there's like a 80 mm-hmm. percent chance he's gonna kill you yeah so pay must be really good oh yeah i see i don't think that either i think you open your pay envelope and sometimes <laughs> confetti comes out sometimes... i have really good benefits though <laughs> Look at these teeth dental insurance is fantastic here dental plan <laughs> Lisa needs braces, Mr. J. <laughs> well, that takes us nicely to your good thing. Uh-huh. First ever appearance of Harley Quinn in this episode, who I spent most of my childhood being head over heels in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unlike a lot of great characters, she's she's awesome right out of the gate. A yep. um, yep. couple of amazing lines delivered by Arlene Sorkin, the best actor that Harley will have for the next 28 years. Oh, I mean, I, like, just, I like the current show, but I still think Arlene Sorkin's a better Harley. Yeah, and I like uh, what's her face in um, yeah. uh, the movie, but yeah. like this is this is her. Yeah, like this is the definitive, like one of the few characters that debuted completely in this format, so they could mm-hmm. really like solidify that version in everyone's heads. Whereas, yeah, a lot of other characters, particularly guys like you guys who have read a lot of the comics, would be like, "Well, this is good," but also in the comics, he did this and he did that. Mm-hmm. No, this is the only Harley for a long time. Oh yeah, so that's pretty cool and. They never say the name Harley Quinn, which is a lot of people don't realize is a pun because you've just heard the name for so many years. It doesn't occur to you. But like, yeah, it's a dumb clown joke. (laughs) And they don't even say it like they expect you to pick it up or not. But that's it. Like, yeah, Harley Quinn. Huh? Get it. Get it. Which I like. Not for like a while when I was a kid. It's just like, oh, the Joker's girlfriend. Mm hmm. And then, of course, later we find out her name is Harleen Quinzel, but that's that's mm-hmm. very Silver Age. Some, yeah, some 60s yeah. Uh, nonsense there. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Um, but no, I, I like, I mean, we know, obviously, she'll become more important. Right now, she's just a nice little background detail. I, she will eventually become uh, DC's, like, fourth most popular character. Yeah. Well, well this, oh, yeah. it goes to what, what we've been saying about, about a lot of these episodes where, like, they just come up with really good, unique goons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, this one, like, really took off. Yeah. Yeah, and she didn't necessarily... I don't know if she was intended to be recurring or not, but, like... Well, I fact, feel like with a design like I, that, you're probably... Yeah, I think it's one it. of those things that they 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 did it, and, like, yeah, we'll probably like, keep on putting her in the background or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they had a, a good voice for it, and, like, it all just came together. Well, and that's got to be easier from a writing In a standpoint. way that someone like Germs didn't. Yeah. Well, germs, I think we got the exact right amount of germs from like from those two episodes. He never needs to come back. <laughs> I mean, unless you bring Daggett back and then you've got to. Well, of course. But um, no, I, I like I like like from a writing standpoint, I feel like it's easier to write an established character being the, the villains number two than to constantly think of two new henchmen every time. Mm hmm. That's got to be exhausting with the Joker coming back 15 times or whatever. Yeah. Is, you know? I'm back and I got two other guys to hang out with. Ugh, so now we got to design and draw and animate two. What are your guys. references? <laughs> no, what I mean, do like... you bring to the team? Uh, I heard you go. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, definitely dead. <laughs> dead, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> You'll work out nicely. <laughs> uh flunk what was your good thing uh my good thing was i you already did, said it basically but like this is such a good scheme like mm-hmm. the joker is absolutely the kind of guy that would torture somebody for two years just because they cut him off in traffic i like that very few of the joker's plans involve murdering the whole city poisoning the reservoir like, like mm-hmm. he's got a couple of bits like that but it's mostly whatever thing catches his attention at that moment and it could be real little like this or it could be yeah. something bigger, but it's, yeah. it's just so fucking random and I love it. It's just like, I love like the guy cuts him off in traffic and the Joker just instantly goes, well, this is my day now. But he also knows what his rep is. He knows mm-hmm. this guy is terrified and he never threatens him. He's 
No. Just like, hey, buddy, we're friends now. Hi. How's it going? Let me see your wallet. And the guy thinks, oh, I, I guess the Joker's going to mug me and this is over. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, $5 off at Subway. <laughs> oh, man, I was you one punch card away from a free sub. <laughs> it's mine now, Charlie. <laughs> then I'm going to go fuck with the poor guy who works at the Subway. Ooh, you got a blockbuster card. They won't they won't let me in. <laughs> I stole all the Marx Brothers movies. <laughs> My greatest I... caper yet. It could have been. Seventy two <laughs> copies of it that are way overdue. <laughs> Just something about it speaks to me. Ooh, scary clown. What a great idea. No, I think it's John Ritter. That's what's speaks <laughs> to me. Great like John of our Ritter. Time. <laughs> Big Three's company fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all right, let's let's get into bad things, I suppose. Blanc, what do you got? All right. Uh, yeah. So the that first uh, setup scene where Joker's threatening Charlie is incredibly frustrating because the script is fantastic. Um. Both the actors are, are completely killing it, and then the animation is just some Tiny Toons bullshit. Yeah. Joker keeps on moving around for no particular reason. Even when he's standing still, the model just kind of like changes and shakes around a lot. The lip sync is like really, really off. They can't even have the Joker smile, which is like his whole deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little rough. And it's I, it's not I great. I didn't notice it as much until I seen I, I I'd seen in the document that you pointed it out and looking for it. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. This and it's it, that's one of the problems I've had with all the Joker episodes so far is they think because he's a, a an evil clown like he has to constantly be moving around, and no, that's one of the things that makes him threatening is that he's not that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, this is the sweet spot because everything he's doing is menacing as fuck, but like the the details of it all are funny. Like it's not broad. It's like I'm going to murder the entire Gotham City Police Department. Mm -hmm. But but the way he does it and all the things he and Harley are saying are fucking hilarious. Like that's yep. that's how you do yeah. it, you know? You don't make And you him... have to be a little silly, like when he pulls out the, the Charlie's file and it's just like a book with a bunch of like shit falling out of it. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> you can be a little goofy, but you know it, just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean it needs to be cartoony, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But there's so much good comedy, particularly like the end, like when Charlie fucking snaps and well we I mean this is my quote if you wanted to roll that out now yeah let's let's hear that then you miserable little nobody if I get caught your wife and son are history you're not getting caught not this time I found this blown out of the van this is how it ends Joker no big schemes no grand fight to the finish with the Dark Knight tomorrow all the papers were say is that the great Joker was found blown to bits in an alley alongside a miserable little nobody. <laughs> kind of funny. Ironic, really. See, I can destroy a man's dreams, too. And that's really the only dream you've got, isn't it? I love a good... This guy's even crazy to me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I love the characterization of, of the Joker in this show. He's just a bully. Yep. You know? Yep. He's just a dick. Yep. I love and, it. like, the second anything turns on him, he's like, Batman, come save me. I love that. Well, one of one of my all-time favorite uh, single issues of a comic from back in the day was uh, uh, this my first issue of uh, JLI, which ended up being, mm. like, one of my favorite things to oh, read. Oh, yeah. But uh, it, was a, it was an annual, so it was just a one-off story about the Justice League having a barbecue. And mm -hmm. the entire time the Joker's uh, trying to uh, crash the party by stealing a tank. And a series of ridiculous mishaps happens because it's it's JLI. <laughs> and by the end, Batman shows up for 30 seconds and rolls his eyes and starts to leave. And the Joker's chasing him down this suburban street saying, take me with you. Take me back to Arkham. I can't take it. It's just like, <laughs> I, I'm such a sucker for that punchline for the Joker. And that's exactly what they did here. And it was beautiful. Can't handle it down here. There's too many crazy people around. <laughs> that guy asked me if I have a problem with it. Yes, I do. <sighs> but yeah it's um very funny uh my bad thing though is mm -hmm. there's some very overtly comedy music in this very like farting tubas at the it beginning was real bad yeah and it's like the joker has a fantastic theme like a little motif that's like oh mm -hmm. that's the joker 
But then it's like, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, come on. You're better than this. I love that shit, man. Ugh. We have we have come to some serious disagreements on the music on the show, I've, I have found. Apparently. Like, I liked it in that one other Joker episode where they did. The, oh, yeah. The yeah, sort of that was good. Like the, the little yeah. jazzy riff. Yep. Yeah. Matt I like that one that. a lot. But yeah, this, yeah. Was, this fucking fat guy polka was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I did not care for it. But the, I I like the you know do 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 like that's the Joker music. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? They do oh just with the music real quick. Yeah. They yeah. did a um because uh, you know whenever Batman shows up and does a cool Batman thing, they have a little da 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 da. Yep. Um, but this when Charlie tried to punch the Joker, they did like a sad version of that. <laughs> it was like da da da. Very good. All right, Matt, what do you got for a bad thing? Ah, this is a tough one because I love this episode. But like the temple in the museum or Peregrinators Club, uh, is st- extremely dangerous. Like real spikes, I... actual darts. Yeah, they say like it's a painstaking recreation of the real thing to the point where it has a bunch of deadly bullshit. Where they in included place. the death traps? Yeah, what? exactly. It's like we got to bring in uh, we got to bring in Mrs. Smith's third grade class next week. Yeah. What's the plan here? Now, I think it was Well, I guess it's the they'll poor die. museum worker is like making sure that all the fire traps have enough fuel in them. Yeah, exactly. Where do you think the lighter fluid came from? <laughs> no, I um like I think it was the actual museum. I think the Peregrinators Club uh rented it from them. Like I don't think this ah. is their headquarters. I think it was just they had yeah, it was. It's, the it's written on the oh, was over, it? on the door. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't like welcome. That's that's etched in marble. That's not cheap. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was one. <laughs> of the Peregrinator ch- dues are really high for a reason. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was because they have to keep correcting the spelling on things. <laughs> but no, I thought it was the changeable sign that was like welcome Peregrinators or whatever. <laughs> You know, you could just buy that pre-printed from any print shop. Sure, anyone, everyone's got their version of the "Welcome Peregrinators" sign. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like one of the yeah, stock... that's one of the things they put it in their yeah, in, in like their catalog, so yeah. that way you know what you're getting into. Yeah. So I suppose this takes us nicely to Matt. You you have chosen a kids love Batman moment. Yeah. So I had to look into this. What the fuck is a Peregrinator? <laughs> did you actually look it up? Because I still don't know. I did. Uh, it turns out it means one who travels about. So I can only assume the museum is supposed to be stuff they've picked up while traveling. Oh, so it's like an well, explorer's club or something. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there is a there is a like an explorer's club or like an adventurer's club or something. You know, like mm-hmm. those manly men who yeah, like, rich old white guy bullshit. Yeah, yeah, retire to the study for cigars and brandy to talk about all the all the safari. All the elephants they killed. they've killed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All their pith helmets that they're they've worn. Ugh. I actually those guys pith. I actually. Me off. <laughs> You're welcome. I actually, I, I like, uh, it's a very Batman 66 idea, honestly. Like, oh, you can yeah. just hear what's-his-face going. Meanwhile, at the Gotham's Peregrinator Club, of home course. of Gotham's elite Peregrinators. Of course, the Peregrinators Club. <laughs> well, Batman, you just, re- we just dropped off our Peregrinators uh, donation for the week. Wasn't um Roger C. Carmel, the guy who played Harry Mudd, didn't he mm. play sort of like an over the top? I mean, of course, over the top, but a, like a big game hunter type villain. He was definitely in Batman sixty six, and I feel like his yeah. guy was like a game hunter type. Like I thought he was uh, Colonel Gum. Yeah, wasn't that it's, wasn't that his deal? That might have been. I don't like, know. I haven't I'll, seen that one in a long I'll time. That's the you, I'll that's the green for a bally bit of good fun. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, but hmm. I mean, he was. A yeah, delight. you could. Be, you might be right. It's been a while. Yeah. So he might have been a Peregrinator for all we know. Sure. <laughs> Fucking Peregrinators. Ah. Uh, what else? So the Joker was driving around in like a big clown ice cream truck because, mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. the Joker. Sure. I'm just wondering who in Gotham is selling clown equipment without doing like a background check. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the same people who are closing their uh, uh, theme parks and just leaving all the stuff up. Like, come on, you know what's going to happen next. You want to get Jokers? Because that's how you get Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, we got an infestation of Jokers in the basement. Like, I, I get it. Those are probably a rough investment. They don't they don't stay open. I mean, Gotham's an inherently dangerous city, but when it closes, you got to bulldoze that shit. Don't just leave yeah, it standing. Yeah, sell that off to Central City or something. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Truck it away. Don't just leave it there. Yeah. They love that shit over in Central City. Same with your toy factories, your candy factories, anything whimsical. Just, like, tear mm-hmm. it down if it fails. 
Just, yep. You, you can't leave it there. Don't abandon anything. Uh, what else? Uh, we have a lot less to say about this one, which is weird because it's great. Har- Speaking of Batman 66 stuff, uh, there's a mm-hmm. scene with Harley that I really love towards oh, yeah? the end of the episode where uh, uh, she's trying to escape and Batman catches up to her and she does the whole like, I bet you're wondering how someone like me ended up with with a guy like him. It's a sad tale, Batman. And he just goes, uh-huh. And then uh, handcuffs her to a cannon. Mm-hmm. I just remember a lot of the old 66 shows. How could you, a female, fall in with such a monster? Yeah, it felt like they were definitely trying to tap into that sort of like women's lib vibe. And like, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's what that's how you're handling that, huh? Oof. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's like, oh, and I should just go back to beauty school. You have a doctorate. What are you talking about? I feel like they like uh, Paul Dini yeah. hadn't hashed that shit out quite yet. Yeah. Like, oh, we're bringing her back. I guess she probably needs a backstory. Ooh, I got one. Mm-hmm. Well, Mad Love doesn't show up till way later, so. Yeah, but I, they probably, once they realized she was recurring, mm-hmm. they probably had it in the back of their heads. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. It feels fairly natural. Like, what's her connection to the Joker beyond she thinks he's cute? Like, he, she needs <clears throat> something more than that, you know? Well, we can't Maybe just have, I want to fuck the Joker. Well, that, that's a start, but, you know, <laughs> the, show, the show works on more levels than that. True. I also want to fuck Poison Ivy. Good. Mm-hmm. Very good. That'll pay off really well someday. Um, In 28 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, oh, there's some real shitty Bullock stuff in this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure is. Like, I like it when he's, you know, he's, he's a little bit of a slob. Like, I don't mind a little color there, but when they play mm-hmm. it for jokes, I don't love it. But, you know, he is, he is rumpled. He is, he probably doesn't bathe as much as he should he definitely doesn't shave as much as he, you know he's very unprofessional looking but sure the idea is he's supposed to be a good cop who resents batman and instead he, mm. they just hang everything that's bad about the gcpd on this one guy yeah it kind of sucks well he gets to sexually harass two different women in this show yeah he thinks harley's a stripper mm-hmm. he thinks like oh this this pretty lady in a police uniform just wheeled in a cake well Come sit on daddy's lap. Oh, God, stop it. Ah, Please never call yourself daddy. (laughs) It's fine. She hits him with a police baton. She fucking kneecaps him. Yeah, it's great. The sexiest thing she does in the whole episode. Get fucked, asshole. Montoya is just sitting there delighted. Like, yeah, get him. In her prom dress. Yes, in her big cop prom dress. Uh, Well, it's the only one she owns. Like, it's a Mm -hmm. fancy affair. I'm 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 a rookie. I make nothing. Uh, I got my prom dress from like five years ago. I guess I can still fit in that. Okay. Yeah. All you guys got to do is put on a tie, but come on. Poor Montoya showing up in her butchered Chanel suit. <laughs> hope oh, hope she didn't try to take my uh, <laughs> attempts to destroy her seriously. <laughs> I baked you a cake. I pickled the figs myself. You said you'd bake us a cake. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Episode descends entirely into funny voices. Well, I, I mean, look, you know us. We've been doing this a lot of yeah, years. <laughs> okay, but what if the Joker met Armus? I think it'd go like this. <laughs> hey, Armus! I mean, isn't Clayface <laughs> basically Armus? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just chilling here on the couch watching TV, my man. Oh, it's my favorite show. <laughs> I'm the clay of evil. I'm, I'm more of a skin of indifference right now. But a I of left years. my skin in the other room. <laughs> That's true. No, he left his skin in the morgue. Left my skin in San Francisco. <laughs> Is there a DC Universe version of San Francisco, or is there both? Probably. Okay. I think Hal Jordan worked there for a while. Isn't that Coast City? Before he blew it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You maniac, you blew it up. God damn it, Hal. We can't take you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Also, you suck. Sometimes. No, all the time. Yeah. Hal Jordan and Barry Allen are never interesting, no matter what Jeff John says. See, I mm-hmm. feel the same way about Kyle. So, Kyle? 
It was just like the the wrong thing at the wrong time. They replaced like five of my favorite guys, and then like mm-hmm. I I will now admit that that Hal Jordan was nothing. But at the time, I was kind of into Green Lantern. It's like oh good, and now he's a hip young kid. Great, yep. wonderful. So fuck Kyle. <laughs> Here's another thing the animated uh, universe did better is they made John Stewart into somebody cool, and now that's my yeah they did. Lantern, so yep. Uh, anything else? I think that's all I got. That's all I got. Very well. Uh, well, we did your quote, so. Uh, mm-hmm. Flunk, you want to promote anything? I know you've made a couple of uh, appearances uh, on some yes, other programs Yes, actually. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I run a fan account for the Baby from Dinosaurs. That's Flunk2. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then over on uh, on Brian's uh, show, my brother, uh, Tinseltown, over on the Patreon, actually, um... Me and Matt here uh, did a commentary track for this insane children's cartoon. Um, oh, that's right. Called The Littlest Angel's Brightest Christmas, yep. uh, which was written by the guy who does the voice of Mario. Yep. And it's <laughs> Wait, exactly as weird as you think. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, that would have been much better. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we did a commentary for that. They could have gone out well as the fried Morpheus, chicken. The Morbius trailer. So. <laughs> Speaking of uh, speaking of Patreons, actually, I don't think we've ever promoted that on this show. Oh we, shit, that's right. Let's uh, we have one of those, and you can we get do early access to episodes. Uh, I have not approached Matt with this yet, but I am I am thinking of some bonus content that we can do. I would uh, be open that, to that. That may be forthcoming. That's more work for us, but mm. but it's more work watching Batman. So you know. <laughs> Uh, and that is that. that is patreon.com slash Algar. That is actually to support all of the various uh, shows that I produce um, mm-hmm. that uh, are available through. So that's this, uh, Pa, uh, uh, the Postonomic Horror Endeavor, and Death of Podcast. Uh, Death of Podcast, thank as you. As well as uh, a couple of things that are coming up that I'm not talking about just yet. Uh, sorry, Flon, cool. didn't mean to cut off your, your promotion there. Oh, no, that's fine. I believe you, you had another. Yourself. Did you have another thing? Uh, yeah. Yep, one last thing. Um, I am officially now the second co-host on New and a Bit Alarming, um, Brian's oh, nice. remake podcast. That's what I was going for, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we don't have any immediate plans because it, the way the show's set up, we need to record in person. Um, mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure that all out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so look for that in your in your favorite podcast feed and um, listen to us uh, descend into madness. The, uh, the <laughs> two... Uh, Two white guys talk about movies is a pretty well represented genre, but um, I've never heard of this before. No. Two friends hurt themselves with movies is not, so that's the way we're uh, we're going with it. I mean, we've we've also like I don't know if you know how the post atomic horror spent the last year. Oh yeah, you do because you were there and you made <laughs> us watch the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yep. I mean, two guys torturing themselves that goes back to at least Enterprise, possibly oh. even Voyager. But yeah, we so yeah, the format of the show is that we just watch the whole movie over the course of a day and you can mm-hmm. hear our, our brains deteriorating as but, the movies continue to make poor decisions. But uh But aren't the episodes Unless we like it, like we did with Aladdin, we really enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can go either way. Aren't the episodes segmented in such a way that you're reviewing like five minutes at a time or something like that? Well that's yeah, that's that's part of why it needs to be done in person because mm. you can't really break it up. No, you can't pick up where you left yeah. off with something like that. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's short. Like, we try to keep the episodes at, like, 10, 15 minutes at the most. So, you know. With Brian? Nice That's impressive. Quick... <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. So I'm there to keep things under control. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at Algar at Robot Matt. Uh, the website mm-hmm. for this show is kidslovebatman.com. If you want to write to us, it is kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See ya, Peregrinators. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2020, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.